that working? Have I turned it off? That's fine. Good. Well, good morning. I've changed hats. I'm now uh, speaking to you this morning. Hope you're well. How are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah? I imagine it's a mixture of things going on. It's great to see you. This morning, we're continuing with our series, Praying Together, part five, entitled, entitled Orchestra. So we're going to start by watching a short video. Yeah, let me start again. <laughs> ah, that's it.
Wonderful. So that video, I think, just summarizes clearly what praying together is like. It's a beautiful piece of music, isn't it? Sibelius. That right, isn't it? Sibelius. Beautiful and um, so moving. But they couldn't do it unless they played together. And praying together like an orchestra is something we are called to do together. And every part person's got a part to play. And in summary, my message today is this. Praying together like an orchestra requires harmony and leading. Do we have these slides? If you go back one, there we are. Praying together like an orchestra requires harmony and leading. Firstly, harmony. Harmonious relationships. Let's pursue great fellowship. When we talk about fellowship, what do we mean by that? Well, we know it's about more than just tea and cake and coffee and hot cross buns next week. Wonderful. But it's also about praying together. Let's read from Acts 4, 24. It will come up behind me. They raise their voices together in prayer to God. Together. Harmony. They raise their voices together because they were being led by the leaders of the church, but also they were listening to Jesus' words, who had said to them that they were to be devoted to prayer. They raised their voices together, together, all together. That's what we're called to be like, an orchestra. When I play guitar, which I did this morning, I have here my tuner. Tune the guitar. You're, you're pleased, aren't you, that I tuned the guitar this morning. I don't know if it sounded in tune, but it was tuned. It's not, it's not um, it, I blame the guitar if it didn't sound in tune this morning. Uh, it, wasn't the, it wasn't my fault. But before a, an, a um, concert, a orchestra will tune all those instruments together. And they do that in various ways, but they'll often do it to the oboe, usually to an A, if that means anything to you. The rest of the orchestra then listen to that and they will tune themselves to that oboe or something else, but normally that. And it's called concert pitch. Concert pitch. We need to be in concert pitch together. Harmonious relationships that work together to pray together. They need to be in tune. We need great relationships. We need to be forgiving, patient, Refuse to gossip. The devil loves to breed division, isolation. He loves, and all these things, if you, if you, have, if you have division and you've been fooled into isolation because you think it's good for you in some way, then it stops us praying together. It stops you praying with the church. The devil will do all that he can, and not just the devil, the world, right? Come on, we've got busy lives pressing in on us. We've all got the same amount of time, but we can put it to different uses, and we've all got also different pressures on us, which I understand. But, but we've got to find a way to get involved in the orchestra and pray together. Because without it, you know, that wouldn't, the music doesn't happen unless we've got harmony 
of relationships. Disunity hinders our prayers. God loves unity, doesn't he? I'll ask that again. Does, does God love unity? That's good. I'd love to hear a united response this morning. You've lost an hour's sleep. I appreciate that. Um, so it, it hinders us, disunity, disharmony. 1 Peter says these words, 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner. Yes, it's in the Bible. And as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. I think what he's particularly talking about there is violence, physical violence, and so on, which was prevalent in their day, and it's prevalent in our day as well, is it not? And it hinders our prayers because God hates division, and specifically he's talking about here in marriage. And a marriage is a place where women are pray together, that we share a vision to glorify Jesus, and we pray together. But what happens is, and we don't, it doesn't explain it, but if there's division in the marriage, but also, I want to take that broader, if there's division amongst us, it hinders our prayers. And I would suggest it hinders it in a couple of ways. It hinders it, do you want to pray, you know, if you're not getting on with people, do you want to pray with them? If you feel isolated from them, do you want to pray with them? You don't, do you? That hinders our prayers. But I also suggest that where there is sin, God wants you to deal with that as your first priority. The Bible talks about God not listening to us in the way we would want because we've, we ask with the wrong motives and because of our sin. And we have to be careful here. When we talk about the grace of God, that he loves us freely and he loves us and we're saved by grace, that we don't forget the truth that the Bible talks about sin and that when we sin and rebel against God, God is not listening to us. He wants us to get right with him and repent. So important we hear that. It's, re it's, a, it's throughout Scripture, this idea of getting right with God so that our prayers are more effective, as it says here in 1 Peter 3, 7. Now, it says in Matthew 5, 23 to 24, Jesus says something similar but with different words. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, so that's doing an act of worship, and there remember your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled with them and then come to offer your gift. You see here, Jesus is saying to us, make harmony a priority in your life. It's a priority to God. It should be a priority to us so that our prayers are not hindered. So that's harmony. Secondly, praying together requires leading, listening to the conductor, the Holy Spirit. We said praying together, like an orchestra, requires harmony and leading. We need to follow the conductor together, the Holy Spirit together. An, or an orchestra follows their conductor. The primary job of the conductor is to interpret the musical score, to coordinate, 
to direct the musicians to achieve a united, harmonious performance. The conductor stands on a raised platform facing the orchestra, typically uses a baton, indicating the tempo and the dynamics, the phrasing of the music, when to get quiet, when to get loud. And if you ever watch them, they get passionate, looking. And I think they provide inspiration as well, looking at you. Inspiration to, to uh, play your instruments to the best of your ability. Create a cohesive, polished performance. And a prayer meeting, praying together, like an orchestra, will pray in harmony if we seek to follow the conductor. Who is the conductor of our prayer meetings? The Spirit, yes. The Holy Spirit. We could say Jesus, we could say the Father, because he's Trinitarian. God leads our prayer meetings. That doesn't mean to say that there aren't leaders, because God appoints leaders. The Holy Spirit appoints leaders. There's also gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about you know, how the Holy Spirit leads our meetings. And this is something we're all learning. It's not something we've got, obviously, you know, I've got the badge. I've sewn it onto my jumper, you know, got, got, the, got the lighting fires badge, got the graffiti badge, got the, not listening, are you? And got, got the, got the um, whatever it is, badge, this badge of listening to the Holy Spirit. I certainly don't feel I understand everything and we can learn together, can't we? Who is the conductor? Is the Holy Spirit. And this is partly what uh, Paul means by Ephesians 6.18, pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. Pray in the Spirit. We have to be careful there. We don't, we've got to keep that broad. Because we can sometimes say, oh, that means praying in tongues or something. It's, don't narrow it down. Paul doesn't narrow it down here. Pray in the Spirit. Pray as empowered by the Spirit. Pray as led by the Spirit. Of course, you can pray in tongues as well, which Paul does in other places. Talk about that as being pr- praying with your Spirit. Pray in the Spirit must mean partly that we're being led by Him. So how do we follow the Holy Spirit in our prayer meetings. How does this work in reality? Does it simply mean we don't have any agenda and allow people to pray for whatever they want to, however they feel inspired? We could think that. And we've all got differences of temperament in the room. And for you, that's the idea of heaven. Everyone just free for all. Bring your maracas, bring your whatever. You know, it's all free for all. And some of us are a bit more the other end, want a bit more, more um, leading and a bit more structure to things. Neither of those things are not being led by the Spirit. How do we le- get led by Him? Let's talk about a few things. Firstly, I think being led by the Spirit is, 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 is a very basic one, but it's actually showing up to pray. That's, that's what it means to be led by the Spirit. Because if the Spirit reveals in His Word that we're meant to be devoted to pray, prayer, then showing up to prayer is being led by the Spirit. It's simple things like that, isn't it? An orchestra has a purpose. An orchestra comes together to play the music. They practice for this. 
They show up to play the piece of music. They join together in doing so. The conductor would be miffed, annoyed, if nobody showed up. Imagine you're going to put on a performance and, and, and just, you know, Nev and Rachel showed up. That'd be wonderful. They could do their dynamic duo. But, you know, where's the rest of everyone? The conductor wants us to show up so that we can be part of a prayer meeting. And we pray in lots of settings, but I'm particularly talking about prayer meetings. Hopefully you can see that praying in a prayer meeting can also be taken to families or friendships or walking down the street with somebody else, right? You can take it further, but I'm just talking about the prayer meeting thing. So being led by the Spirit is actually listening to him regarding the value of prayer and and gathering with your church to do so. We understand the power of corporate prayer. I want to say it's also something we practice in private because the, I, I think this is how it works. You, you pra, like, a, like a musician, you practice playing in private so that when you come together with the church, God's fire is in you, as we talked about last week, that you bring something prophetically or prayerfully and you're ready. And it's true for prayer as well. The quality of our private prayer time our practice of prayer, our practice of meditation on Scripture, I hasten to add, our practice of praying will flow over into the way we pray together, the quality of that time together. And we read in Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayer. So when the Holy Spirit comes... And we are being led by him, we will be devoted to prayer. So that's the first thing. How do I get led by the Spirit? We've got to show up. Because there's no, there's no, even talking about the gifts and praying and all that stuff becomes very academic unless we're actually at the prayer meeting to grow in these things. So let's do all we can to be there. Let's do all we can to be there. Let's organize our lives as best as we can, as often as we can, to be devoted to it. Let's follow, secondly, the Spirit by listening to His music, which begins with thanks and praise. It's an important thing here. If we're going to be led by the Spirit, praising God, thanking God, is what the Spirit would want us to do as a priority when we meet together. Amen? Worshipping Him is our priority. We gather, when we pray, to God. We gather to His presence in the Spirit. We talk about being in the Spirit. We gather to the mighty God, the Holy One, the Glorious One, the One who gave His Son for us to save us. We gather to Him. So our hearts, hopefully we come with some fire in our hearts. And if we don't, then we're going we're gonna to fan into flame that fire for God by worshipping together as we begin. Now, that's not, I don't be legalistic about it, about it, but I also don't want to undermine the general truth that, that it's a principle, a general principle, a good and biblical principle that when we come together, we begin with praise and worship to lift up our eyes to God 
before we lift up our eyes to the world to pray for the needs around us or even the needs in our own lives. Matthew, in Matthew 6, 9, Jesus said these famous words, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is a, uh, this is a beginning to prayer. How do I pray, Jesus? Well, begin like this. Look at your Father. He's your Father. He's your heavenly Father, which means he's a gl- the glorious God like an earthly father, and they do their best, I'm sure. Maybe they're not that good. I don't know what your experience of a father is. But we're talking about a heavenly father who is the perfect father in power and glory, omnipresence. He's he's heavenly. So we lift up our eyes to him, and he says, hallowed be your name, which is basically saying holy is your name. Hallowed. I, I praise you, Lord. I hallow your name. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. This is how we begin so that we can then pray for things from a position of faith and expectation rather than from a position of failure and doubt and dryness. So let's make our praise glorious when we pray together. Psalm 100, I could have read the Psalm 66 I read this morning, but this is an example from the Psalms, isn't it? Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We're the people of his his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. His courts with praise. This is a great principle. If you want to pray in the Spirit... Let's be there as best we can, and let's be there to be harmonious in our lifting our eyes up to God, unashamedly lifting up our voices to Him. Let's raise our voices together. Let's clap, let's dance, let's raise a mighty noise to the glory of God together. We really want to encourage you to bring your heart, to praise God and stir one another in the way we worship when we gather in our prayer times and on Sunday mornings, of course, as well. This is the principle we've set this morning, isn't it? We want to praise God before anything else. Again, prayer in a private place is what we bring to our meetings together. So this practice, like like a musician, practice. Practice prayer privately. This is what... uh, Terry Virgo says in his book, The Spirit-Filled Church. And he's the one, ultimately, who has influenced me in my life probably the most out of anybody regarding worship. He is the one that uh, his teachings and example have taught me from when I first became a Christian, entering a New Frontiers church, realizing, yes, I need to worship God before I start asking him for things. To lift my eyes up to the heavens and allow my spirit to rise to the heavens before you start. And if we're feeling down, friends, I can't promise you that praising God's going to make you feel happy. I can't promise you that at all. If you're struggling emotionally, there are some things we just have the dark night of the soul and sometimes these things last. But I can guarantee you it's going to be good for you and it's the right thing to do to praise God no matter what. Because he is worthy and that is true no matter how we feel. 
But this is what Terry Virgo says. Believers gathering to pray need to begin by acknowledging the greatness of their God and their access to him. It's not wise to begin a prayer meeting by completely focusing on the problem or challenges that we face. Like the early believers, we need a big view of God. Like Joshua before Jericho, the walls of Jericho, we need to be more impressed and even overwhelmed by the majesty of an omnipotent captain of hosts than by the heights of Jericho's walls. Yeah? More impressed by he who is for us than those that are against us. More impressed by the love of God than by all feelings of failure that we all contend with. May we revel in the grace of God and the greatness of God when we gather together to pray. But we've got to show up and we've got to begin by worshipping. I'm only touching on a few things, obviously, this morning. We follow the Spirit as we are led by the gifts that he gives. The charisma. That's the word in the, the New Testament, the charisma. That's why you call it a charismatic church. Not because the leaders have extra white teeth or something, but because we believe in the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to us. Various gifts mentioned. 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. The love bit in the middle is about gifts, that we're to bring them in love. And he talks about tongues, interpretation, discernment. It's just a vast range of different gifts that can be used by the Spirit if we show up in harmony. He can use them to guide our prayer meetings together. And indeed, our Sunday meetings, which are not dissimilar. This is still a prayer meeting as well, isn't it? It's not that we can't pray here this morning. But we have a particular emphasis on teaching, don't we, when we meet on a Sunday. So 1 Corinthians 14.27 says this. Sorry. Um, let me begin just by talking about prophecy. We, we have prophecy. So prophecy is speech that's inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's different to teaching. Not that teaching isn't inspired by the Holy Spirit, of course. But it's, it tends to be in the moment you are inspired by an idea of the glory. It can be a, a range of things. It can be that God wants to talk to about, about us about who he is. It could be that he wants to talk, talk to us about challenging us in some way. It could be predictive. It can be leading. God, the Holy Spirit, wants us to do something as a church together. So if we want to go into the mission and the things God wants for us, we need to be together, listen to the Holy Spirit and prophecy. But those prophecies, we, when they come, are to be prayed into. So in the prayer meeting, when you bring a prophecy, we listen to it. It says that you're to weigh a prophecy. Now, I'm not going to go into the depths of that, what that means, but at least it means this, that we all take it seriously and we all pray into it when a prophecy comes in a meeting. It's very important that we don't just rush on 
And the Bible says you have two or three prophecies as well. Why do you have two or three prophecies? Jonathan, why do you think we have two or three prophecies? Anybody know? Got any ideas? Ben? Yeah? Could be that. Anything else? Prophesying parts. Definitely do that. Yeah. I think that's the main, I think they're all really important points. Yeah, we prophesy in parts, we have a, we have a range of things, we get confirmation for things, but I think the, the major idea is that we can't take it seriously if we can't remember it. So if in a prayer meeting and we have like 10 prophecies, like someone's got to be writing that down, you know, because, you know, I think the, what he means by this is we have a few prophecies, we pray into it, we get led by the Spirit along those lines as the Spirit leads through these gifts. Now, of course, you've got questions about what I'm saying. I'm not covering everything, but at least we can say that. We have prophecies in a meeting inspired by the Holy Spirit. We pray into them. We get led by them. And I personally write, and I would encourage you to do the same, write down the prophecies that come in a meeting or any contributions, leading, that you feel, yeah, that's really good. Write it down on your phone or something. If I'm on my phone in a meeting, it's not that I'm on some kind of TikTok or something. I'm, you know, looking up my, you know, see how my dance, latest dance move is going on TikTok. I go viral regularly, you know, with my little dance moves. I, I, I'm on my phone because I'm writing notes about what God is speaking about in the meeting. And I go away with those. I've got a little page called prophetic words in my phone that I'll then reflect on at another time. And I encourage you all to do the same. That's what weighing, partly what weighing prophecy is, that each of us goes away with this prophecy and we think about it and think, how does this apply to me in my life? So we're listening to the Holy Spirit through the range of gifts such as prophecy. And this is what... Um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 29, two or three prophets should speak, the others should weigh carefully what is said. And I would suggest to you the others are the congregation. Some people might, would say it's other prophets. Some people say it might say it's the elders. It doesn't, you know, I think we can all play a part in weighing prophecy. It talks about tongues here, 1 Corinthians 14, 27. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three, a similar principle, you see, should speak one at a time. And someone must interpret. Now, we're not talking about the private gift of tongues here at home. Paul differentiates between the two things. There's a private gift of tongues. There's a public gift of tongues. But Paul always says, when you're in public and you bring a gift of tongues, you speak in tongues, it should be interpreted, should be the sense of what it means. So very similar to a prophetic word in some, in some ways, there are differences here, but we therefore can take it seriously what's being shared and we can be led by it and we can pray into what's being shared 
And this is what uh, we read in Acts 13, 2 to 3. So it says here, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, so they're being led by the Spirit, how, is, how did he speak? Well, it's through prophecy. And it said this, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. How do they respond? So after they had prayed, placed their hands on them, they sent them on their way. You see, that's that response. The gifts, listening to that gift, praying into that gift, and whatever response that is. So follow the Spirit. I could say a lot, a lot about this, but we see, that, we see the point here that I think there needs to be mutual respect in a prayer meeting. Like, listen, we need to, because I know what I can get like. I can get caught up in my own head about things, and I'm listening to my own self, and I'm thinking about stuff I want to share and all the rest of it. And the danger is you don't, we don't listen to what's going on around us. and actually listen to the Holy Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit doing in this meeting? There should be stuff happening in a meeting. So today, now we're going to worship in a minute, aren't we? So hopefully, we have some prophetic words. Maybe we'll have tongue and interpretation. Maybe somebody will bring a prayer, but we'll be listening to each other, won't we? And respecting one another. And let's not be super spiritual. You know, they, they, they can't put, you know, sometimes there isn't space. It says two or three tongues, two or three prophecies. That, that means that maybe it's a no, you, not, not to share that today. It's probably not the right time. It's, it's not enough time. Let's not get over, don't allow our principle of, I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, yeah good. Don't allow that, though, to trump your principle of love, patience, and kindness. You know, love, patience, and kindness, you know, sometimes our principle of that can like, you didn't let me share. They're so controlling. Oh, this church is awful. You know, don't get, we're doing the best, we, we're all doing the best we can, aren't we, in church, to do the best we can to work this out. So um, we need patience with each other, but listen and respect one another and hear what the Holy Spirit is doing and being led by him in the meetings. Finally, we follow the Spirit by praying the Spirit-given word. Praying the word, the sword of the Spirit. If we want to be praying in the Spirit, we pray his word. And very similar to prophecy, in a meeting, wouldn't it, isn't it wonderful when somebody brings a prophecy... And then somebody says, and then somebody just reads the word of God, which shows that that prophecy meshes with the unchanging word of God. Because your prophecies are, as Phil said, in part. You're not some oracle. You don't speak the Bible. We don't speak the Bible when we prophesy. You know, we need the Bible is the unchanging word of God. It's beautiful to read the word of God together. It's beautiful to pray out of the Word of God. The Holy Spirit loves it because it's His Word. Pray it. So you may be in a prayer meeting and you hear someone and you, you want to reinforce what they're doing, saying through the Word of God. Particularly if you're a mature Christian or you're a teacher, we bring a gift of teaching. I don't mean go on for half an hour or whatever. I mean, you can, you can, you can and again, it's practice, try and be succinct, you know, I, the Word of God teaches this. And you could bring a little teaching, couldn't you? That's also a gift of the Holy Spirit. 
honoring one another, listening to one another. Maybe you're in the prayer meeting, you just feel a scripture comes to mind and you, you, you speak that word out, you read it out. Maybe you pray on the back of it and it just sets a direction, doesn't it, for our praying together. Praying together like an orchestra requires harmony and leading. So in response, praying together like an orchestra requires harmony and leading. So let's be in harmony and let's listen to the Spirit. Let's be in harmony. Let's listen to the Spirit. Let's work on our relationships. How's our fellowship? Do we love our church? Are we working on it? Are we being paid? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control amongst us. It's all about the community, isn't it? Let's be those people. Let's be that church. Let's work on being harmonious, overlooking offenses, forgiving one another, challenging one another on occasion. And if you are challenged... Just breathe and listen and try and take it on board and think about it and try and deal with things in a godly and kind fashion. Praying together in the Spirit means having our antennae up, listening, paying attention to what's happening in our gatherings. You know, in an orchestra, it would be silly, wouldn't it, for someone to have their headphones on listening to their own music. And we can be like that. We want to be a body. We are the body of Christ. We're listening to one another. We're listening to what's happening in the room. Maybe what you feel doesn't, doesn't fit. But may, if it doesn't, maybe, maybe it's good to change direction. There's no, this is an art. This is an art. It's not a science. You know, sometimes you do change direction. Maybe what you're bringing is a change of direction. That's fine. If you're not sure, talk to the leader of the meeting. Talk to them. Say, I just feel that we should pray. You know, maybe we're celebrating God and you feel, do you know what? I feel we should confess our sin. That's quite a big change of direction, isn't it? It's not to say it's wrong, but sometimes it's good to talk to someone and say, I just feel this. What do you think? And sometimes it's a good thing to change direction, but we need to respect one another. Have our antennae up. Don't have our own headphones in. Listening to what's happening. Let's be harmonious. Let's listen to the Holy Spirit. The band's going to come up. and We're going to worship together now. This is a science, not a science, as I've said. This is definitely an art. Let me encourage you as we finish. You know, let's... It says in uh, 2 Timothy 1, 6-7... Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. In our prayer, in our prayer meetings, you know, we can feel timid, can't we? I can't share. I, I can't possibly get involved. You know, spirit, I, know, I know that. That's why, that's why we, we need the truth to help us. The spirit God gave you does not make you timid. He, he gives you power, love, and self-discipline. So let me encourage you to come to our prayer meetings and fan into flame the gift of God that's in you. 
come with love, come to glorify Jesus. And we'll be like that orchestra, playing that beautiful music that we all want to hear. Let's stand together now. We're going to worship.